There's two. All right. Hello and welcome, everybody. We are totally going to finish Alien tonight. It's going to happen. Going to do it. Oh, it's the 12th of October. It's been fantastic. Everybody's been here. It's been so good. So what happened last time? Last time we went into the investigation phase. We are on the colony planet KV-1116, otherwise known as Brewer's Beacon. We are in the town of Sunrise or Sunshine. I think it was Sunshine. I'm going to have to write all this shit down later for when I write this actual scenario. And my intrepid team of marshals had some shit go down. So they have discovered that this colony is eerily quiet. They don't know what's going on, but there should be people here, and there aren't. The only human being that they have seen is Nancy, the administrator's wife and the main dispatcher for the colony, who was the person who called them there saying they had a fridge in a field. Seemed very strange to call the marshals out for a fridge in a field, but Krissa went out, cut it open, and found a boy in a fridge. Ran to get the boy to the medical center where they she found that there was nobody there, went back to get her stuff, and ran into something not of this world. And she lit it on fire, as I expect my players to do. So a long story short, shit's getting real. There are aliens in the colony. They have detected all of the all of the settlers are ensconced in buildings and unmoving. Mother has closed all of the colonies down. Everything is locked down while an experiment is underway. The marshals are unable to escape on their plane until they can lift the administrator lockout. They have an unconscious lad in an in a auto dock that will be waking up soon. It's getting late in the afternoon. And as I recall, Krissa is currently in the administrator's office with a pipe wrench ready to beat Nancy to death. Nancy has a cleaver in one hand. And her husband is tied to an office chair, and his chest is making funny movements. What have I missed? The most important part. We got delicious cheeseburgers. That's yeah, right. Yeah, for real. And Gibbs the way th- and McDonald have had cheeseburgers. The way things are going, we're going to get to have seconds. So we're yes. going to be dead. Yes, indeed. Okay. Ray Bands, where did I leave you? I believe I was heading back in. The town. He went to the ship. The ship was totally locked up. Uh, the keys are held by Gibbs, I believe. And uh, Gibbs is unfortunately not by the goddamn ship. So it's time to go find Gibbs, get the goddamn keys, get the fuck out of here. No. No? Um, Does McDonald have the keys? Mr. Bonds is at the ship. Gibbs gave Bonds the keys. Oh, you right. gave him the keys. Sorry. Gibbs gave him the keys. But leaving is not cool. Right. Gibbs went to look for Krissa because he thinks Krissa's out in the field. So he's going to go stand at the edge of the field, look for her. Right. So, yeah, okay. I, think, I think I'm just doing pre-flight checks and chilling. Right. And uh, Ray's getting the air message, uh, air 0313. And you don't know what that means. Um, Dave and Rico, I left you at the medical center. Is that correct? Sounds about right. I remember something first. No, not first eighty because we're like the third people through. But 
Yeah, third eighty. Yeah, we weren't really great at first aid, but I definitely was able to get the information off of that secret file. Yes, you were. So that's right. You're both in the security room. You found the dead guy with uh, you. You you killed the man or saved him from a fate worse than death by tearing the the creature that was around his his neck and on his face off of it, and then you shot it until it died. And then you found out what the communication was, and that communication, I will repeat, is a communication from an agricultural research station that was in the uh, northern sectors. It's called the Fertile Crescent. There was a colony crew heading out there to finish setting up the outpost. There were people over there, and they had discovered that there was a life form that was undiscovered and that some weird shit was going down. That's what you received. Uh, the second piece that you received was a message from Mother, the main unit that is in landing, stating that everything has been locked down under admin code 0303 and that until the experiment was complete, there would be no communications, no movement, all aircraft, all ground craft are locked down to the regional administrator access. So only the administrators and upper management of Weyland-Yutani could override that lockdown. Does that sound right? Yes. Excellent. And I already said where Krissa was. We're very clear there. So, because that is where the action is going to start, that is where we will start. Krissa, you have, you have a pipe wrench in one hand. And the scene, as I told you, is set. The administrator's office is, for the most part, very clean. It's very tidy. It has been tidied recently. There are papers on the desk. There's a little terminal there. It's on. The administrator, Carl Jr., is taped, duct taped, to this chair. His hands are taped solidly to the, uh, to the arms of the chair. His legs are tied uh, tied and taped to the uh, the the legs of the chair, the, the spinny part, because it's one of those chairs that can spinny. And uh, his 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 they, she's actually taped like his neck to the back of the chair, so he can't actually like move without trying to to uh, throttle himself. And even so, he's still like pushing against this chair like his eyes are bugging out of his skull as he's trying to like spasm and and writhe as you see this bump in his chest and you can hear him screaming through the the duct tape gag that he's wearing and nancy is there and she's in all of her caked makeup glory and she's got a cleaver and it's shining and clean and it's in her right hand and in her left hand like i said she's got like this strip of scalp or flesh or something you're not sure what it is and she says oh you made it i'm so happy and she's lifting the cleaver and she's gonna come after you oh i'm i'm ready to go with the wrench with the wrench I, not even gonna have a conversation no, we're we're done. 
Okay. So we're 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 right out of pithy one-liner territory. Absolutely. I I I no. I I'm I'll I'll come up with an excuse why I killed her later if I have to. If there's an inquiry, I'll say, "Hey, self-defense, cleaver, tying people up to chairs. I had to, but I walked in with the intent of murder, and that's what I'm going to do." All right. So, I'm going to go to page 91 cuz that's where my close combat rules are. Because I really don't get to enough killing in these alien games. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I will say is, yes, you can absolutely roll close combat. Are you going to want to block at any point? And the reason I ask this yeah, is because... I think I would defend. I would, okay. I would try to defend. Yeah, if she's if she's going to you know take a shot first before I can, then yeah, I'm going to use the wrench to defend. But then I will... Okay. Right. And, and so the reason I ask this is because... What you are supposed to do when you enter a close combat situation is that you are supposed to declare early your intention to block because no. blocking takes a fast action. Everybody gets a fast action and a slow action and like a move action. What? I think. Don't quote me on that. But your slow action, of course, is going to be your close combat. But if you don't knock her down and inflict a critical hit, then she's going to go and try and come after you. So that's going yeah. to be your fast action. Uh, for your slow action, you are, of course, going to roll your close combat. Okay. But I don't have to do anything for the defense first? You do not. Okay. Close combat. Okay. That is two successes. She is basically in a moo, so <laughs> she does not have any armor. She is... I'm going to roll 1d6. I want you to tell me high or low. Low. It is yeah. high. So she is going to attempt to defend. And she is going to roll her close combat. And I'm going to This grab. is where we find out Nancy is really secretly Xena warrior princess. With a clue. Well... Combat Spectandroid, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Right. Secrets. Not not so secret. Android. That's yeah. fantastic. I also had the realization not two minutes ago that she probably wasn't eating a cheeseburger. She was probably eating somebody's face. So how was that burger that you tasted? Was it good? Oh, uh, that's, that realization. No, that's da- why you guys want seconds. Dave is one hundred percent under the the guys that it was good proper beef. And we'll be remaining innocent. Is it a Soylent Green situation? Mm -hmm. Okay, so... (laughs) Not if we never find out. Not if we ever... (laughs) That's right. So, Nancy has rolled a single success on 3d6 because she is not a secret android. I said I was not going to have androids this time. I stand by it. This bitch has just gone crazy. Well, she's soulless. She is soulless, right. So, you have succeeded with a single... You have a single... Success, so you don't get any extra stunts, but you do get your you do do your damage, and your damage is going to be do 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 do. Uh, I think. Oh, my damage that oh the damage I'm going to take. The damage that you're going to do. Uh, Oh, three. We said it would be three. Yes, it would be three. So that is going to be three damage. And Nancy's health is going to be 
Ah. No idea what mine is. Mine's set at 10. Is it 10? So your health is, as I recall, equal to strength. Yeah, it's equal to strength. Oh, so my health is five. Yes, so your health is five. Okay. Nancy is not strong. Okay. So Nancy's health has now gone to a good for you and not so much for her. Okay, so what I'm going to have you do, because it's so much more interesting, is that I'm going to have you roll 2d6. And this is not with a success or anything. We want the actual numbers. 2d6. 4 and 3. Okay, so what has happened is that you have knocked Nancy's health from full, which was two, down to negative one. In in Alien, named characters, the, the PCs and certain other characters, uh, in this case Nancy, they don't immediately die when their health hits zero. Instead, you are broken, you're immediately taken out of combat, and you roll for damage on the critical injury table. The critical injury table is rolled 2d6 or otherwise a d66. The way that Alien sets this up is that instead of rolling for successes on this 2d6, you take the numbers. The first number is the 10s, the second number is the 1s. Krissa has rolled a 4 and a 3. Number 43 on the critical injury table is a crushed elbow. So tell me how you crush this woman's elbow. Uh, so I, I guess in the back and forth, the cleaver and the, the wrench, um, I think I just get a good baseball swing from coming from the right and hit her left arm right at the uh, elbow. You could just hear the joint just crush and the forearm hand just kind of are dangling from the upper arm. Like you could just tell it's just it's no longer connected. It's just flopping around. Oh, that is. Fantastic. So she falls to the ground. This this strip of whatever just like whacks against the wall and it sticks there. And she's rolling on the ground. It's the, the cleaver is on the ground next to her. It's out of her hands. She's trying to grab at her shattered elbow. And she's whining and can't see you through the tears. It's just like, why did you do this? Why would you do this to me? Because she's crazy. <laughs> and so as you are the PC, you are the active player, you have taken her out. You no longer need to defend. But she cannot respond because she is broken. Um, so what is your next action? I would like to use my story point. Ooh, okay. I am going to ignore her whining and crying because I'm going to finish her in a minute. But I want to grab the cleaver either out of her hand or on the floor where she dropped it. I don't know mm -hmm. which hand. I don't know if she's left-handed or right-handed. Uh, but I want to grab that cleaver, and I want to spin around, and I want to throw it at the man taped to the chair. I want to throw it at his chest, hopefully bullseye whatever is popping out of his chest. Okay. That would be so super cool. Okay. So that is exactly what story points are for, is to be yes! super cool. A story point when spent gives you an automatic success on what you want to do. Yay! In this case, 
Nancy is, yes, left-handed, because left-handed people are sinister. <gasps> I'm... So you have, you have literally and figuratively disarmed her. <laughs> so you, you, you bend down, you pick up this cleaver. I imagine like your booted foot is on this damaged arm, just putting all of your weight on it. And you hear behind you the crack of the breastbone as and, and then some sort of screeching as the the muffled screams turn into a gurgle. And as you spin and you throw this cleaver going end out over end, there's this it's it's similar to the alien face you saw, and it's got like the jaw and the smaller jaw, and it's it's hissing and screaming as it breaks free in this macabre version of birth. And then the heavy blade of that cleaver just splits it right in the head, and there's just a spatter of acid everywhere. And you can see the the blade start to pit and to melt. And the acid drips onto the body of the administrator, and it's just already starting to bubble through. The smell is terrible. It is the worst. It is acrid and metallic, and there's flesh. And all you can hear is the blood rushing in your ears. You can go ahead and remove a stress, because that was badass as fuck. And you can feel the bones crunching under your foot of, of Nancy's left arm. I coup de gras her head. I need you to roll me empathy. Mm. It's a good thing it's low. Mm. Oh, interesting. Thanks to myself. Add add a add a uh, stress, and then roll yeah. me one d six. Yeah. No. So, oh, no. I think it's it's because you turn. And the look on Nancy's face is is another alien thing. It's not one you've ever seen. You've you've been all over the rim and the colonies. And the look of pure, undisguised hate is something that is you've never seen on a human being's face before. And it gives you pause. And you've got that you've you've got your 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 wrench there. And you're just looking at her, and you feel that bit of panic well up. And then you push it down, but you don't strike. Because you succeeded in your empathy roll. And in order to kill another human being, because eight may not kill eight, you have mm-hmm. to fail an empathy roll. Which really sucks for you, because you've got none. Yeah. <laughs> I only got two. My worst stat, and I freaking succeed all right you do so yeah chris is just gonna turn then and just leave the room find the others and try to get the hell out of here okay so you turn to leave and nancy starts screaming at you and it's gone incoherent and as you walk out of the administrator's office and through the dispatch room you're heading down the hall you can hear movement behind you and the light is is framing you. You can see your your shadow in front of you. And in your periphery, you see the the light behind you gets shadowed for a second as somebody steps in front of it. And you can hear Nancy's incoherent screaming of rage at you. And you pick out some words of, 
you don't know what you've done. I am going to, to, to get you for this. The company will, and then it cuts off. And it goes completely silent. What do you do? Keep Don't even look back. Don't even look back. No, because I figure if it, I I, I want to find the others and whatever yeah. happened to her, I don't care what happens to her. She stopped screaming. Great. Okay. Gone. All right. Then I'm going to do one more thing. Okay. You as as you hit the front door, you hear another scream, and this isn't one of rage. It is a long piercing wailing filled with despair it is the sound of somebody who has just come face to face with the abyss and the abyss has has reached out with smoky tendrils and grasped her very heart and is currently pulling it from her chest Alongside of that, as the door closes shut behind you as it's cut off, there's another screeching sound. And this one is metallic, alien. And most of all, it is triumphant. Can you weld the door shut? The answer is yes. Yeah. So I want to exit this building uh, probably a little faster, walking not so slowly, walking fast, getting outside. Um Chris will pull her lighter out, uh, flick it a few times, uh, and light her torch that she left outside the building. And, uh, yeah, we're going to weld this door shut as quick as I can, hoping whatever is in there will stay in there. Okay, so you it will take one turn to do so, which is three to five minutes. Give me a heavy machinery roll. Let's see how much we can knock that down. So it would take five minutes. I'll give it to you okay. in three. Um. I will add a stress, and uh, I have true grit. I'm going to add a stress and push. Push that roll. Reroll it. I mean. Yep. Ooh. Well, more successes, but now i got to panic. Well, I mean, uh-huh. there's something on the other side of the door. Makes sense. Add one more stress. Roll 1d6. That is how this game works. <laughs> really get to roll on the uh, stress table much. So that gives you a total of 10, does it not? If you have four stress. Yeah. Okay. You are frozen by fear or stress for one round, losing your next slow action. Your stress level and the stress level of everybody else in short range of you increases by one. So you will take one more stress. And as you light your torch, Mm -hmm. you hear something hit the door on the other side. The door does not open, but it sounds fleshy like something has just chucked a piece of something at the door and you drop your lighter and then you pick the lighter back up your torch is still lit but that five seconds it takes has is you're rattled Mm -hmm. but you're still going to now you have three successes despite the panic um those three successes, you can get it done in 60 seconds. Okay, let's move to... I know, it's crazy. Uh, Gibbs, you are currently moving towards the fields. Correct. So the sun is starting to kind of... Um, 
the shadows are getting long. The sun is on its way down. It would be considered late afternoon. And the 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 atmosphere still seems tense. It seems uh, the silence, you know, is is eerier because you know there are people inside these buildings, but they're not moving. They're not doing anything. Yep, but Gibbs needs to make sure Chris is safe. So okay. he's just jogging over to the edge of the field. Okay. And taking a look. So when you start getting towards the edge of the field, Chris, did you put that fire out? You remember? Fire out? Oh, yeah, I took the earth. Like I said, there was. it's a field, so I just like right. took some dirt and put it on there to snuff okay. it. Okay, yeah. perfect. I couldn't remember. Okay, so Gibbs... You start getting to the area, and you can see there's this fridge in a field. As you get closer, you can smell burnt chitin. Uh, there's a uh, metallic, acrid stench to the area. There's a hole cut in this fridge. Krissa is nowhere to be seen. And something in the fridge is like sparking, and it's kind of bubbling. And there's this this wafting of acrid black smoke coming from that hole in the fridge. All right. So Gibbs is going to take a quick look inside, not getting his face too close, and uh, especially if it's smoking and dangerous looking. Uh, and there's on his radio again. Go, uh, Chrisa, come in. Uh, where are you, Chrisa? The one thing that you will see as you're looking around, there is a mass a mass of chitinous flesh it has been scorched it is it is cut in half via some sort of welding torch there's a tail that is almost like a scorpion's tail it is curled up and the the end is cauterized between the tail and the body of this melted gelatinous oozing mass is just this strip of corroded and smoking earth the the mass that you see of chitin and metal and flesh and and molecular acid is nothing you've ever seen before. This is alien. There's there's no other way to to describe it. And you can see that there's still evidence of of bits of of this chitinous flesh and stuff inside the fridge. And that's where the smoking is coming from, is that these bits of flesh with the blood on it, as the blood drips, it hisses and it starts corroding and eating away at the metal. And it's getting onto the wiring inside of this fridge, which is shorting and sparking, and it's throwing out this acrid smoke. Krissa, do you have your radio on? Yes. Are you going to answer it? Yes. As soon as I'm done um, welding, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be, yeah, Gibbs, what's up? Uh, where are you? I'm looking for you. I'm at the fridge. Oh, um, I am, I think I am at the administrative building. I just had a quick meeting with Nancy. Oh, okay. Well, we're getting the plane ready to go and we're heading out. Oh, that sounds great. I will meet you there. Okay. Sounds good. Mm. And Gibbs will jog back over to the plane. Okay. Uh, Gibbs, give me an observation as you're going through. Oh. Oh. Two successes, right. two panics. Okay, so if you can add one stress die and roll 1d6 for me. 
So that gives you seven. Okay. That's nothing, right? Or is it six? Uh, one through six is keeping it together. Number seven is nervous twitch. Your stress level will increase by one. Oh, so you'll take... Uh, yeah, this is this is how it happens. As you are jogging through uh, these empty streets, your eye catches the front door to one of these residences. And the door is open. And inside, you see movement. But this is not movement of anybody that you would expect. When a human runs, they run in a particular way. They're upright. You know, they're 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 swinging their arms. They're swinging their hips. This is more serpent-like. There's this low movement, and there's this whip of what looks like a tail. And it's just this very brief flash in this in this in this house with this door that's swinging open, and then slowly that door swings closed. But you get that nervous twitch there's definitely movement it's definitely not human and it's definitely far too close to you uh tario's going uh, sorry gibbs is going to take out his uh pistol nice pistol um make sure his safety's off and uh check make sure there's a round in the chamber and uh not jog, but more uh, carefully walk, keeping an eye on what's around him. Okay. So would you say you're going to try to be sneaky or just observant? Uh, more observant. He okay. wants to make sure that if if something pops out at him, he can get a shot at it before. Uh, unless it's human, because... Right. He wants to be able to identify and then shoot. He wants to follow his training as a uh, police officer. Okay, so he is actually going to check his fire, but with, okay, so two, two successes, I'm going to keep that roll. That is going to give you, um, we'll say early warning if something happens, okay. but I wanted to make sure what you're doing. You know there's shit out here, and you can feel the hackles, uh, your hackles rise as something is becoming aware of your presence. Yep. Um, also, Gibbs will go over the um, radio saying, uh, guys, I don't think we're alone. There's there's things here. Um, only necessary radio chatter. And that is going to everybody on the local net. So you've all received that. Uh, I just come back over with ten four, and then ask for a location update. Just as a, where is everybody right now? Because it's been a minute. Gives a respond with heading to airplane. And we're already here, mate. Sort of ahead on this whole operation. Get the fuck out of Dodge. How's it going on your end? Also, anyone know what era three hundred three means? It means we're not getting off of this rock unless we find an administrator. They know what's here. At this point, Krissa has just finished up welding that door. All right, Krissa, you sit out there. I might need you to get this thing to, to sort of go. Authorize or not. What? You want me to do what? 
the plane not go sort of like earlier, earlier, and I'd like to make it sort of, you know, fly away. Do you want me to fly the plane? That's impossible. We're locked down. Mother has locked everything down. This is some kind of a test or something. There's something alien here. It shouldn't be here. Uh, they know about this. They've known. Well, do we have a spare administrator? Can I search and see if there would... Would I know if there would be one in this town? So you would know, uh, without needing a roll, is there is only one administrator with the required access. That is Carl Jr. You know that he should be in the administration building because Nancy is his wife and was also there. You met her. And I only went on the, uh, the computer looking at uh, locator IDs. Yes, you did. And you saw his locator ID in his office. The only other cards you know there would be is if there was a Wayland yutani representative from Landing, which is the spaceport that was in the area. You saw no other planes, no other vehicles except what's blocking the windows and such of the medical center. So there is not one here. Well, there is one. We need Carl Jr. We have to get to Carl Jr. You have to get to Carl Jr. Who is in administration. So I uh, go on the radio and I tell everyone that we have to get to the administration building and get to Carl Jr. So we know he's there. Uh, Who's Carl Jr.? The only admin within... Any kind of survivable distance. I was just in the administrative building, right? I didn't see a Carl Jr., did I? Yes. Carl (laughs) Jr. was the dude who had his chest ripped out. Oh. You you threw a cleaver at him. And then 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 welded the door shut. (laughs) Oh. Sorry. Uh, hmm. You spent your story point on him. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I just didn't know if it was the kid we were talking about or that guy. So no, that's it's what I was trying to figure out. Thanks uh, for again yeah. spending your story point to screw us over. You're welcome. Uh, hey, it was cool. And I don't care if it, we all die. Um, yeah, the administrative building's a no-go. Find another way. I just well, look up across what, what's that the way. Yeah, hold that on us there, Sparky. What do you mean? What do I mean? It's a no-go. There's nobody alive in there right now except for um, except for whatever the alien thing that that seems to be everywhere here right now. Uh, there's one in the administrative building. I've got the door welded. I'm not going back inside, and I'm also not going to open the door. Find another way, because administrative building's a no-go. Well, we don't need them. We just need their access. Can't get in the administrative building. I'm not going in. You're welcome to come on over here, Dave, and do it yourself. If we don't get in, we don't get off of this rock. We don't save our asses. These things are coming for us. It it took out everywhere. It's some like secret project. It's just picking off colonies on this planet over and over. We have to get in there and get our admin code and get the fuck out of Dodge. Hey, Rico, stop freaking out. And Chrissa, I can't help but feel you're leaving out some critical need-to-know information. Everybody's dead in the administrative building. There's a freaking monster inside. 
I'm not going in. Is that clear enough for you, Raymond? Well, that's a bit fair. I could, yeah. There you go. I'm going to the plane. Find another way. Well, you're the only other way, Sparky. How am I the you, only other way? I don't know how to hotwire this thing. I'm a mechanic. I'm a mechanic. What do you want me to do? Hotwire the plane. Ho- All right. I'll go try to do that. There you go. I'm going to the plane. Feel free to come use your story point to get. I mean, I could, <laughs> but okay. Whew. Good times. <laughs> All right. So, Krissa, you're going to be on your way from the administrator building. Yar. Now that you know what is in this colony, the quiet is that much more eerie. And these buildings, these prefab residences seem much more malevolent, literally speaking, because there's no telling what is behind any of these doors. And the doors look altogether too flimsy for what they should be. If my hands weren't full, I'd be uh, flipping that lighter back and forth, but they're full and I can't. So I'm just going to have to double time to the plane. Okay. So give me your stamina roll. And then, uh, you know what? Let me take a look at this here. Because if this, if this happens. Okay. So uh, add a stress and then roll me a d6. And that'll put you at six stress. So, okay. One d6. And that gives you a total of? Uh, six and six is 12. Mm -hmm. So as you start to jog behind you, you hear the tearing of metal. And you don't need to turn around and look to see what's there, but something is coming through the door and it can't bust its way through. And it's a very small hole at first and as something pushes through it uh, you see that there is a mangled human hand it's just Nancy is being pushed through this hole that's the size of a human fist and there's cracking of bone and just pushing of flesh and you roll a 12 as your total on the panic table, which means you scream. You just, the stress gets to you and it echoes through these tombs made of steel and earth. Your your stress level goes down by one. And it's a good five second scream. But afterwards, you're going to be able to book it no problem. Okay, but I just, you know, rang the dinner bell for anything else that wants to come and eat me. It's great. Okay. It's great. <laughs> Dave and Rico, what are you doing? We're going to move to you. What's the condition on our patient? Uh, patients should be waking up any minute. Okay. He is stable. The contusions he has have been treated. Uh, the swelling from the concussion has been treated, and it has gone down. He should be regaining consciousness at any time. Cool. In that case, uh, I want to 
do that thing where I make sure to check my weapons, make sure that's good to go. Uh, I look up to my nursing assistant and like, well, when he's up, we got to take him with us, I guess, to the plane. Or maybe we just even just take him out of here now and just carry him the rest of the way. So is there like a stretcher or wheelchair in here that we could expedite his? Yes, there's definitely a wheelchair. Because we had Ray roll him over in a wheelchair, right? <laughs> or that was the other guy. He took the wheelchair he, for yeah, a dead he man. Took, he did, but there are multiple wheelchairs. There is more than one wheelchair on this colony. Oh, well, you never know when Waylon Yutani's in charge. That's true. But as I am HR Geiger Counter, your storyteller, I do say there is a second wheelchair. Yeah, so I'm just going to get them ready for a transport. Okay. And you're doing that. Rika, what are you doing? Try, uh, trying to search, see if I can use any of my access to give us clearance to at least get back home. Uh, okay, give me a comp tech roll. Everything that you're typing in is coming back access denied, access denied, access denied. And you you know this can't be the case this, there, this is basic stuff that even like anybody would have access to and on on a hunch you grab the security guard's access key and you slot that in and you start doing some commands and commands are coming back like okay there's a locked door in the uh the elevator doors are locked in the medical center those open right up the lockdown there is lifted and you realize as you're doing this, that it's not that all access has been denied under 303. Yours specifically has been revoked. Oh no, that's horrible. Can I can I get it back? Can I like screw with the computer and try and get it back? Can I use can... my story point to get it oh, back? Oh, oh, yes, you can. So, you will be, um, with your story point, you will be able to sweet talk the computer using the security guard's access and some tricks you picked up that were not part of the company, not part of the corporation, not part of the um, United America's colonies. And you were able to restore the access that you had. So... Your access, plus a little bit, uh, you are re-entered as not the administrator of the colony, but one of the colony managers. So you cannot lift this lockdown. However, any locked door within the colony that is not physically blocked or welded shut will open at your authorization. Well, that's a happy medium. And I can do nothing to get my plane clearance to fly so going through the system you know that you can get around the 303 but it is going to take mechanical work basically you're going to be have to pull uh half pull the plane apart to get to the mechanical pieces uh to run the bypasses to get around the blocks because there's a physical and an electronic block and so right now, it's the, the, the fuel lines are completely blocked. You'd have to run relays around. That's what Chris has got out. Or 
The other thing you can do is you can try and send a signal to landing towards the spaceport and see if you can fake access an access request from this mother to have a representative from Wayland yutani lift off from Sunshine and go back to Spaceport. You have the ability to do that. It will take you some time. So in order to get this done, it would take a shift of work, which is five to eight hours. You would have to essentially barricade, try and survive the night, and then plane gets out. Or you can try and get one of the cars working and get out that way. Because there is a there are a couple of land transports that are, you know, like uh, flatbed trucks that are parked right next to the hospital. You can try and do that. You can, um, yeah. In order to in order to to get that going and get around, to basically electronically hotwire your ship, you would have to fake a transmission and encode a transmission to landing. Yeah, I don't trust those guys because they're sneaky right now. So I'm going to uh, get on the comms real quick. And Krissa, I need to know how long it would take you to bypass the fuel supply on that bird. What would I roll to figure that out? Heavy machinery. Oh, that that is a lot. So (laughs) you know what you must do. At two? At one. Oh, okay. Okay, and roll a d6? Roll a d6. I remember the last time we played, it was Tan that had to make all these rolls. It uh, is. So six and five, 11. Okay, so... You don't. Okay, so your radio crackles and you freak out. You're like, fuck. And you immediately look for a place to take cover because you think you're like being attacked. You're being chased. Your stress will go down by one, but it has again slowed you down from getting to the ship. You're lucky it was 11. Otherwise you'd be screaming again. (laughs) So, um, so I find a place to take cover and uh, it's, it's delayed me, but do I have, am I able to answer her question? It's going to take you a second now that you realize that uh-huh. it's it, it's your radio and not oh. like this eldritch being from the ass of space. <laughs> but yes. Okay. Uh, so calm down and uh, how how long will it, like I I just all right Rico I could do it just just get to the just get to the plane get to the ship I can do it it won't take long. Good enough for me. I'll meet you there. I have a a question. Yes. What is the failsafe status for Mother? Like, if Mother were to go offline, would it release the lockdown? That is a really good question. So, under the rules for Mother, Mother does have a command from landing that supersedes anything that the highest-ranking administrator in the uh, or other authorized user of mother has however the highest ranking uh, authorized user can also request any information from mother uh, provided you are in the mainframe room 
and they will answer. Can you lift the lockdown from Mother? Yeah, you could. Somebody with enough knowledge or uh, uh, enough of a Comtech role and time, you would be able to get around it there. If you are away from Mother, then it's going to take a shift. It would probably take maybe 20 minutes to an hour, depending on how good the Comtech role is, to make Mother do it directly. Or so do it in the mainframe room. You've you've slightly misunderstood my question. Okay. Let's say I were to open the the door to Mother and throw a grenade in there and blow Mother up. I see what you're saying now. Well, the problem with a fail safe is that it fails safe. What you're hoping for is a fail deadly. No, because a fail safe should release the lockdowns because this way you can get onto the things that would uh allow one to to escape it's like so when the fire alarm goes all the doors unlock rue that's true uh what else can you do to convince me i like where you're going i do um, um right now it's a coin flip in in the storyteller's head but with with enough convincing i could see that working yes Oh, other people got other convincing arguments for that besides it being like super cool. I mean, granted, it is pretty cool because I know what you're going to have to do to get there. Yeah. And, you know, still have to blow the thing up. But it's definitely like. If this is a, hey, stay closed, hey, stay closed kind of signal where mother is constantly telling. Or the. uh the equipment that is currently locked down is constantly pinging like, hey, is everything cool? Can I do my job? And then Mother's like, no, stay locked down. That next time it pings to ask is like, they didn't get an answer. So they're like, oh, I guess everything's okay now. All right. I'm going to roll 1d6. You tell me high or low. High. Mmm. The opposite. That's unfortunate. It is. So what would happen normally is... When something comes online and it requires authorization in uh, an area that has a landing pad and is like a colony, then you have to file for clearance before the flight systems will let you take off. If it does not receive authorization from the, fl- from, from the flight tower, in this case, mother, it will not take off. Having said that, this gives you some options. One... You rip the flight computer out. You rip. Uh, you you run the bypass on the fuel lines, and you dead eye stick this thing away from the colony before nightfall, because you're getting this feeling that once the sun goes down, y'all are fucked. If you're well, caught outside, you're done. I guess here's a follow up question: Would blowing up mother make bypassing or overriding to get us out of here faster more efficient? So. It it like, would yes. So uh, an, enough enough explosives or enough gasoline makes anything go better. Yeah, uh, there's there's no telling what integrated systems are with the flight computer that are going to fuck with things if mother is still active and providing the kill code. So I would say, if this were to happen, then the work to 
jury rig your your plane for flight would be uh two turns to route the fuel system and make sure it's working again uh although you could speed it to one but it runs a risk and then it would be five minutes or one turn to disconnect the flight computers so or just like get up to the transmitter and bash the transmitter to pieces so you would go from six turns which is a half hour to three 15 minutes how far is mother from where i am you are at the medical center so it would take you a turn to get there five minutes and is it is mother behind that conveniently welded door yes mother is there another entrance yep yes there is technically another entrance all right so while we're waiting for sleeping beauty i am going to try and pull up schematics uh building layout so i can check out this other entrance to mother to see how i might uh commit some matricide uh, with Rico's access, you were able to get those plans without a problem. Cool. Doors just open for me now. Yeah, we're not talking about your career anymore. Speaking of doors, Downhill. you hear the elevator doors slide open at the end of the hallway. I want to pull up the uh, security footage of there has to be cameras. There are cameras, as a matter of fact. Put my gun in that direction. So what are the cameras? What what areas do you want to look at? Elevator door. Elevator door. So you turn on the camera for the elevator door, and you see that both elevator doors are open. There is... Excuse me. There is no elevator car in either... In, in either shaft. You do see uh, there's there's lights at the bottom of the shaft because, you know, at the bottom, that's where you do the maintenance on the stuff. So you see, like, the grating down there. And you do see in one of the elevator shafts, it looks like a body. Uh, you can see there's two arms. Uh, you don't see the legs because it's kind of out of scope. They're face down. They may have been there a while. You're not sure. Nothing else is moving. Something's wrong. Um, the There's no elevators. That door shouldn't even open without the elevator actually being there. And there's a dead body. Would you Can like I, to look at another camera? I will ask to see the camera feed from how I like to check cameras along the way to this back entrance to Mother. Oh, so you're, you're patching into administration? Uh. If wherever uh, Rico is looking at these, at if this they're on a this different is metal center, this is our hallway, I think, like right yes. here. Right, right. But like, if you're already looking at cameras on a different uh, console or something, I'll just be like, "Yo, give me, give me these cameras, and I'll have like my data pad or whatever with the route that I would have to take to get to the back door of Mother." Okay. Fine, and I just like shoot him the access. Um, and as, as that's done, I want to roll through, you know, the rest of the cameras and make sure our door to this security room is secured. Okay, 
So I will I will handle Dave's first. You are able to get the access to cameras in administration. And what you find is in the main entryway where the, the door that you normally take is, there is a roughly human-sized hole that is now in that welded door. There is um, the tattered remains of a mumu and what looks to be like hair rollers on the ground outside. She is just the worst. The absolute worst. Whatever else is there, you don't see. Inside, it is growing dark. Uh, you do not see any movement. The next camera is the dispatch room. The dispatch room is a bit of a mess. The door to the administrator's office is open, and the lights in there are starting to flicker. You do not see any movement in here, and you can clearly see the mainframe room door. It is closed. You know this is normal. It's secure access to get in and out. The next camera you see will be the hallway uh, that connects the front to the dispatch room. It is dark. The walls have been rent as if by werewolf claws. There oh, is... Aren't we all, so... Right. Uh, you do see movement in this hallway. The figure is dark, almost black, and it does not move like anything that you have seen. It also moves very fast. And in the time it takes the camera to start panning and focusing, it's gone. And it's heading in the direction of the front door. Front door of? The administration building. Okay. Because that's what you're looking at. Yeah, we were just uh, jumping around a little bit. I want to make sure I was on the same Sure, page. sure. So that's the interior. Um, there is a there is a, a backup door. There's a... Um, in the cafeteria area, there would be a door that leads to like the loading area, the service door, if you will. There is a camera over the service door. Um, looking outside, it is it is. There's nothing there. There's you know, a dumpster, trash can shit, and there is a camera in the uh, cantina area where you had your burger. You can see the detritus you left behind from when you and Gibbs had your food. As the camera starts to pan the other direction, you do see a shadow in the doorway that came from that hallway. So there is definitely something in there that is searching for something. That's comforting. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm going to click on the radio. Uh, I got a plan to get us out of here a little bit quicker. Uh, I'm going to go take down Mother. Gibbs, how far away are you? Uh, I don't know how far away is Gibbs. Gibbs is... Gibbs would hit medical before he hit administration. 
were you going or were you going to the ship? I was going to head to the ship. Okay, so if you're heading to the ship, you are currently running by Tequila Sunrise, which is the bar. It's um, helpfully centered in the colony. So it would take five minutes to head to either administration or to the medical building. And you've only about two minutes away from the ship. Uh, well, I'm about two minutes to the ship. Uh, are you bringing the, the kid to the ship? We're going to have to get him out of here. He might know something about what happened. I go say I'm getting Nancy over here. If we can help in some way, let me know. My my idea is to, if we take out Mother, it will be easier to get the repairs so that we can get out of here and avoid the lockdown. So if you can start working on that, I'll try to meet up with Gibbs or something and get in there. Well, I was going to ask Carissa where the administrator was so we could get his card and then uh mcdonald you and i would go in to get it maybe we don't need any of that krista can fix the ship we can fly out of here she just said it won't take her that long right uh rico you have access to maps can we find out where an armory is in case we need some more firepower than what few pistols we have absolutely can i just send everyone all that information uh if anybody has a pad or some kind of electronic device that would allow them to display a map yes gibbs does not have one of those otherwise uh you can find it very easily on the map there is an armory building it is kind of annexed to administration it is not in administration but it is uh next to it and you do have the manifest it has a few shotguns uh it has a number of pulse rifles it also has stun batons and riot armor so i just passed that information along it's by administration what we need is in administration unless chris can just like how quickly do we need uh, do we need backup gear? Do we need bigger weapons? Can't we just quickly get out of here? I think Krista keeps hearing uh, people wanting to go to administration. She's going to pop up on the radio. I'm telling you, administration building is a no-go. Do not go in the building. I think I owe Rico some security camera footage. Because Rico was... Checking the medical building. So we've already talked about the elevators and what you saw there. The next one is in the surgical theaters and and the recovery areas. We'll say it's like they they take people upstairs. That's where they recover and then they come back downstairs and leave. And so you see the the nurses station and. In the nurse's station, you see that the area is all but destroyed. You see there's a a layer of, it looks like resin over everything. Um, the floor, the walls, it looks less and less like a building and more like a, a hive. 
and in the walls you can see that there are are people that are are resined into this this wall and they're unable to move they all look either unconscious or dead you also see in the center of the room eggs and there's just these giant leathery eggs just sitting there and on the camera feed uh, a little AR display will pop up and you will see that next to these eggs, all of them, there is the locator of a colonist in its, in its bright bubbly green. And you see one of these eggs open up and out of it crawls this. It's, it's what you saw on the security guard. It's got giant like like six giant almost fingers and this long whip-like tail. It looks like a hand with eight fingers on it and the thumb is a tail. And it crawls out of this egg and it stops on the floor and the tail whip cracks and you see it make a beeline for the air system and then you hear something echo through the ventilation shafts, something fleshy hitting metal, and then start to skitter. I'm absolutely disgusted and just kind of throw myself back from this computer terminal. Um, and I want to go for my gun, turn to Dave and tell him we got to get out of here now. Yeah, let's... Uh hop on the radio. Gibbs, uh, if you could meet in medical and help escort the Sleeping Beauty, I'm going to go get started on getting the rest of this ready to go. Uh, Alright, on my way. Okay. Um, Ray, I'll, how you, go ahead. I'm also going to add one more thing of be very clear where everybody is at as you're walking around because I'm going to be running weapons hot. I suppose you should do that too. I'll apologize if I shoot you by accident. Okay. So, Ray, you've been hearing this chatter going on. What are you doing? He is nervously and anxiously going around the plane, seeing if he can do anything about it. And then he's going to head over to that uh, little shed or otherwise tool house deal. And just get a quick inventory for anything that could be wielded as a weapon in any capacity. So, in the tool shed, which has been picked clean for some reason, somehow, uh, you will find a long pipe wrench. Like, this thing is uh, probably about a meter long, we'll say. It's heavy. It has heft. It's it's known as a maintenance jack. Uh, it is definitely going to fit the bill. And it is hanging on a, a pegboard that is near a workbench that's close to the milk crates that you have artfully draped some overalls over. Indeed. <sighs> well, never know what it might have been holding. Could be useful. Might as well pop a look. And he's going to take that pipe wrench and uh, set it down beside the the, uh, the milk crates. Oh, reveal his smuggled capsule. 
Uh-huh. And uh, we're going to open it up, see what's in there. Hopefully we're smuggling some weapons. Like a All bazooka. Right. Give me just a second. Come on, bazooka. Let's see. Where's my data? I don't think it's going to be a bazooka. Here we are. Let's see. I apologize. have to read something real quick. Okay, so you pop this open. And it's it has some resistance at first, but you feel that the it feels smooth as as the top unscrews and that that very thin seam grows in size as it just spins right off. It's almost like it's you know like greased. This the top of this urn just kind of glides off, and you're able to to pick it up and and drop it aside. And inside is just this it looks just like oil and it's it's black and it has this uh this earthy strange earthy aroma to it you're you're no stranger to oil you know stranger to, to you know gasoline kerosene base this has a different um it has a different smell to it it's, it it is it's it smells like like black uh black dirt or um like uh, decaying oak leaves. Hmm. Just swish it around a bit and try to hear if anything is like in it. It's like a metal that would bounce off the inside walls. Um. So you're you you give it a a swish and the liquid is very thick. It is it is thicker than oil. Like it it doesn't like rise up exactly uh, against the walls of this urn, uh, but it is definitely liquid, but almost not. Let's see. <sighs> yep, probably useless. If I put the cat back on. Okay, not a not a problem. Um. Let's see. I need to do a thing. No, it should have been. Can you roll your stamina for me? Do stamina, stamina. Okay. Uh, as you're sliding it shut, um, like a little bit of of the of the. It's almost like tar, right? A little bit spills out and hits your hand, and it feels it feels slick. It feels oily, obviously. But as you watch, this oil like it rolls across the back of your hand, and then it disappears, and you can feel it in your veins. Ah, shit! And as you're as you turn your hand and you look, you see that. Um, your veins in your hand and your arm start to stand out. Like you can see them. They're, they're, they're definitely like red. They're angry. And it's slowly moving up your arm towards your torso. Uh, like quickly, like take a shirt or try to like tie it off. Sure. Sure. Give me a, uh, first add a stress. Cause obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and then give me a medical aid roll. Crushed it. Ah, okay, perfect. Add <laughs> one more stress and then roll 1d6. Five. 
five. All right, so this is this is a hinky situation, but you're able to keep it together. Um, and you you try and get this tied off, and you know you you get your your shirt around your elbow, and it's nice and tight, and you're like, yeah, you think you've got it, and then you look, and it's already moving up your bicep, and it's it's starting to feel warm in here. It's starting to feel very warm. Anyway, I had sort of you know at the party out there, but I sort of spilled some type of poison on myself, so problem. About poison? Yeah, I found some type of industrial solvent. It seems to be seeping into my skin and causing type of reaction. Maybe I'm allergic to it. Uh, uh is there anything in the med kit on the 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 plane? Probably, but I can't. But I can't get into the plane. I can't. Oh, it won't unlock at all? So I thought we could get in, but not... Oh, my understanding was like, the plane was locked. The plane is locked down, but you should be able to get into at least the cargo area. Oh, well, shit. We're going to do that. (laughs) We're going to go in there in search of weapons like his pistol, then. Uh, Or we would have. So yeah, let's go in the the plane. (sighs) Right. I think that I know it would be if it's in there. So he's going to go in there to wherever he imagines a medical kit would be and hope there's a shit ton of Benadryl. Okay. So first off, you have um, you have your gun because you know exactly where that is. Second, you have a med kit. You know exactly where that is. Third, anything and everything you use in that med kit is not providing you any relief. You're feeling oh. feverish. And your head is starting to hurt. Can I access the plane's computer but not do anything? Or is it just not even let me, like... You, should be you can access the computer. He's going to open up a file, and with whatever, uh, you know, cognizance he has, he's going to, like, you know, instructions on how to fly plane. <laughs> like, how to engage hey. autopilot. All right, so it's it's going to take you uh, a bit to do that. Uh, let's go to uh, okay, uh, Gibbs. You are going to make it to you are going to the medical building, correct? Correct. Okay, you're going to make it to the medical building in about two or three minutes. You do not see Krissa when you go by. You do see that. Um, Rico and Dave are still in the medical building. Guns are out, and they are they're doing as they do. And as I recall, you were getting the kid out and into a wheelchair. He is in the wheelchair. All right, shall we roll him to the plane? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get the fuck out of here. There's something in that building. There's no no survivors. All right. Have uh, you guys seen Chris lately? She should be at the plane. We got to meet her there. She's got to fix it. She can do the bypass. She said she could do it quickly. You heard her. All right, right. Let, let's let's go. Um, uh, Rico, you you're you're gonna push the the kid while uh, McDonald and I keep watch. McDonald, are you coming? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead to mother and make sure that we can get out of here quicker. I really don't like that plan, man. You heard what she said. Let's get everybody together first, then. Yeah, let's get everything together. Uh, Ray's... He might not be able to fly, so we might have to take a truck instead. 
Yeah, we should have just taken the truck to get here in the first place. He grumbled. But you didn't. But you didn't. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to go back to Ray real quick because this has bearing on when Chris arrives. Uh, Ray, this has been getting worse and it's been getting worse. Your head is pounding. Uh, You've been starting to write instructions on how to fly the plane. Uh, For the first couple of lines, everything was fine, but you're seeing these, these black worms swimming in your eyes, and there's this pounding in your skull. And your uh, your erudite Australian English goes from uh, full words to you start making slow spelling errors, and then you start missing letters, and then it starts turning to gibberish. Clearly, what was ever whatever was in that urn is not solvent. It's not grease. It's not oil. It is. Something that is, and you know it, it is very clearly killing you. And you can feel it pressing against your eyes. You can feel it in your chest. You can feel it pressing against your lungs and your stomach. Well, that all sounds pretty bad. <laughs> it it does. Uh, I will admit, I, I entertained the idea of you becoming one of these. I didn't imagine it was going to happen. So, uh, congratulations, and also, I'm sorry, you are... Well, I'll go ahead and describe it. Krissa, as mm-hmm. you arrive at the ship, uh, you hear screaming from inside, and it's, it's, it's Australian, it's Ray. You can definitely tell it's Ray. And you see him, like, stumble and stagger out of the back. And I don't know how you feel about Ray. Do you want to go try to assist or anything? I mean, he is listed as my rival. I have zero for medical aid and my empathy is low. Do you want me to roll empathy? If I have a success, then I'll help. Yeah, I love it. Yay! Oh, all that stress, though. All that stress, though. Ooh, Ooh. damn it. I can't fail an empathy roll. Wow. So you feel compelled to go assist. All right. (laughs) Help him off the plane. (laughs) No. Uh, We'll run up to him and like, what, what? what?" And then I'll cover his mouth to like keep so he doesn't scream because I don't want him to bring more of these things. So as you, as you approach and you get ready to put your hand against his mouth, you look and you see that his his head has swelled to perhaps two almost three times its size it looks like his skull is ready to to like push out against his flesh his hair is is thin and wispy it's almost gone his eyes are full black and his his the veins on his arms are this angry red and you see it darkening as you get your hand close to his mouth and you can hear it you can hear the muscle starting to tear and his hands go to to his head and they they grab at the forehead and they start to pull as if trying to free the the pressure in his head and the flesh just peels back and underneath it beneath chunks of bone 
as Ray's skull shatters is this metallic bulbous skull. It is teeth made of titanium and filed to sharp points. And the flesh is slowing off and this thing is starting to to un- unfurl and extend itself. And it stands taller than Ray ever was. I'm going to need you to take make a panic roll. <laughs> uh, how do I make just a panic roll? Oh, just the 1d6? Sorry. Just, yeah, 1d6 and, and add your... Uh, Add your panic to it. And I'm at five, so six. Six. You're somehow able to keep it together as this thing screams. And it is unlike even like the, the screams you've heard before. It's not like Nancy's. It's not like the thing that chased her. It's not like the thing that you killed. But it is Ray. You hear his voice in it deep down, far away. And it is going to have me roll. I think make Ray roll the dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? That's a great idea. We'll do that. Ray, roll, roll me 1d6. <laughs> Before I roll this, do I get to know what any of these numbers mean? Yes, you will. What is, what is, what is a good fuck you number? If you want a fuck you number, I need a five or a six. Oh, glorious. My man. <laughs> I mean, you, you gotta know what you need for the heart of the dice to work. That's right. Okay. Uh, so this is going to be close combat, Krissa. I never liked him anyway. You never liked him anyway. Right. So it is it is going to attack first. Okay. Yes, defending. Okay. And it must be announced. Defending. You are defending. Okay. Uh, Ray, roll me 6d6. Okay, that will do. It is going to hit unless you roll your close combat and block it. Krissa. Okay, and what do I need? How much is You are going to need to block the attack, which means you have to negate the success that it got, that Ray got. Only one? Only one. Oh, fuck yeah! Eat that, Ray! There's a problem. Oh, no! There's that. There's that panic roll. Add that uh, stress for all the panic. Doesn't matter. I hit Ray in his face. Eight, six. That is a four plus six. That's ten. That's ten. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh oh. You're frozen by fear or stress for one round. Five successes and I'm frozen. And you're frozen. Fucking Ray. Fucking Ray. That's all she rules for you. (laughs) Steel or titanium teeth rip into your left leg. You feel your life's blood rush out of the artery in your leg. The pain is unimaginable. It leaves you on the ground. Mm -hmm. And... It uh, it towers over you. You can see its flesh in, or you can see your flesh in its teeth. Uh, it take you take two damage. Hmm. Uh, you have received critical injury number fifty three, which is a leg artery cut. Mm-hmm. To run, it becomes a slow action. 
you will bleed out within one turn, five minutes. I, I, with my last dying breath, I want to try to at least cause some damage. Absolutely. Swing for the fences. Here we go. Man, the stresses pile. They do. And that is 10. Frozen in fear again. Uh, mm-hmm. yes, you would, you would lose your next slow action. So you're, you want to swing and every time you're just like, you're just feeling weak. It's too much. This is, this is Ray. This is somebody you've wanted to kill forever. And now this is a fight, you know, that you cannot win. Ray, roll me 1d6. You rolled another five? My man, roll, roll 66. Uh, that's, that's one success that will hit. Uh, okay. So I know what it's supposed to do. Does that put me all the way out? Uh, that's going to be another two damage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Ray, roll me 2d6. Four and one. <laughs> okay. So this is how it's going to happen. You get ready to swing this this wrench that you found in a field. And it just falls not quite limp from your fingers, but you 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 swing at it and it knocks the it knocks the wrench away. It just flies from your weakening hand cuz you're bleeding out. And the other hand just clamps on this leg that it bit. And you can feel these steel claws digging in. And it just rips and flings your leg away as you fall to the ground. There's no point in trying now to to, to staunch the bleeding. Your leg is gone. The last thing you see before your life's blood runs out onto the ground is a pair of snarling titanium fangs leaning towards your throat. You are dead. Two 53s and a 41. So that's two artery bites. That's that's two leg bites, which is um, leg artery cut. And then a 41 is a broken leg. Nah, it's just going to flat out rip that leg off. I'm dead now. I can't talk anymore. Uh, you seem to have put your best foot forward. Can he Get be out. next? Get out or die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Gibbs, Rico, Dave, and the body, or the boy. You are squeaking along with this, with this uh, wheelchair. And you hear... As you're approaching the ship, this, um, it's, it's a scream. It's a scream of, of triumph. Like you can, you can hear it. And within this alien sounding cacophony of, of triumph, there is the small undertones of a voice that you've known for months or longer. You can hear Ray but not Ray. And as you approach, 
you can see that there is a leg that is next to a building. Like you can see this splat of blood on the wall where where the limb hit. And you can very clearly see that by the uniform, it's one of yours. There can only be two people it could be. And it sounds like one of them is screaming and the other one is not. And as you get that much closer, you see this hulking six foot, six inch metallic thing. It looks barely human, bulbous, bald head. And you see a... You see the body of Krissa. Krissa is there. Um, there's a wrench that is on the in the dirt that's nearby. Uh, her welding kit has just been, you know, thrown at, against the ship, and she is very clearly dead. Like this, this creature is reaching down uh, to to pick it at another limb. Uh, her throat has been just devoured by this beast as it straightens up and it her body is dangling from one just bulbous claw and it hasn't seen you yet he hasn't seen you yet i mean gibbs will easily see mcdonald reese on his gun to open fire unless he's got a better idea uh wait 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 okay Here's my plan. That's Ray. That monster. Right? That's not fucking Ray anymore, dude. Okay. I I, I, I get that. Rico? McDonald? We can't fly this thing. There should be a truck somewhere near the... around here. Alright? You two, go find a truck, bring the kid... If it needs any distraction, I'll be a distraction. When you find a truck, I'm sure I'll hear it. And I'll raid you from my location. You can come pick me up. Sound like a plan? I just make slow eye contact with everybody else to see if everybody else is on board for this. I just slowly start backing up the wheelchair. Alright, I guess that's what we're going to do. Alright. Good luck. You too. Gibbs is going to grab his ring he keeps around his neck, give it a quick kiss, and uh, put it back under his shirt. We we definitely bro handshake the shit out of the situation. Okay, then he does okay. that after you leave. <laughs> okay, so reduce your stress by one, because you have interacted with your personal item, which is great. I loved it. Uh, actually, you know what? I got one more interaction okay. on me here. Uh, I pull up my my PDA that I've loaded maps and stuff on it. I have a scrapbook PDA as a signature item. It's got oh, what's a the the lock screen picture is a picture of myself graduating the academy. There's my uh, my mom is there just kind of like proud and all of that bullshit. It's super fucking sappy. I unlock it and I hand it over to Gibbs so that he has uh, maps and information in case look in case we get split up. I got uh, I got Rico with me 
we can get back into the computer and get information. Everything is already downloaded on here. Just just take this with you. Great. Thanks. Good idea. And he gives yeah. is gonna slide it into a pocket, like a imagine he has like cargo pants pockets. I don't All right. know why. But it's just Dave, you can reduce one stress. Yeah, game mechanics. Game mechanics. Okay. This has all been done. Dave and Rico, half Faust, are you going to go try and find this vehicle? Fast. I fast. just saw, yeah, I just saw my best friend's like leg ripped off, so I increased my stress and I'm like ready to get out of here. Okay. Wonderful. Uh okay, so I will have you do that. As I believe I know what Gibbs is going to do next, I won't ask for a roll yet. Gibbs, what are you going to do? Uh, so is there... Uh, how tall is the plane? Could I like run under it and kind of hide a bit? or Because I don't want to be like face-to-face with this dumb thing. Right. So... Can it reach under you, under the the plane, and grab you if you're under there? Yes. Um, it would be harder for it to duck under the plane to go after you than it will be for you. So, okay. Then my um, second question is: Are there any buildings with windows that I could potentially get into and shoot from there? Yes, there is the tool shed, which is nearby. Um. It is curiously absent of tools, but there is a window there. There are a few small prefab buildings here that look like they would be residences. Um, I will say one of those has the, the it's it's not like the shutter is not completely covering it. Like it's it's partially up. It's it's enough that you could probably with a decent enough mobility roll get through that window. Okay. Hmm. Just remember, there's other things in these buildings. So he's about to head over towards the, that building you mentioned with the shutter. And, uh, yeah, that's not going to be good in case he doesn't know what's on the other side. So next up is uh, he doesn't know if hydraulic fluid is flammable or not, but he's going to uh, tear a line of the hydraulic fluid to try and make a distraction first. And he's going to try and light it on fire. Because I assume that's the only easy line that's available from the plane. Uh, you could actually get to a fuel line from here. Oh, then he's going to, yeah, try and fuel line it and cut that. Yeah, so I'm not going to require a roll for cutting the fuel line. Uh, I'm going to assume that with sufficient panic, uh, it's going to give you the strength of 10 men, and you're going to be able to rip that fuel line. And... Uh, your hands feel like immediately cool as this fuel hits and starts to evaporate in the air. Okay. Um, I guess he has it on his hands. Okay, so he's going to wipe that off as well as he can. Right. Take a good few steps back and try and get the thing in sight. Okay. So you can see that the 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 fuel is starting to spread along the along the, the tarmac that the thing is on, and you're seeing it pool like kind of everywhere, and you're seeing it start to to go towards the feet of of this creature, and you can see you know, what's left of of Chrissa there, and it's also starting to like 
get into her hair, you are able to find a spot at which you can see this creature. It has still not spotted you. Okay. Um, he's going to... I mean, light it. Why not? Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. So, how are you lighting it? Oh, good question. I don't think he has... He's not a smoker, so he doesn't have, like, a lighter. Um, all right, maybe you're just going to open fire at the thing and hope sparks or something from something. You want to you try and shoot the pool? Oh, oh, you shoot know what? creature. That's a good point, is uh, Chris, it does have a lighter. And right. you can see that in her breast pocket, like, you're seeing the... The, the silver lighter start to fall out of the pocket and land in the puddle of fuel. All right. So I will say you can, if you succeed on a ranged combat test, you can hit that lighter, it'll spark and it will light everything up. That if you spend sor- a story point, I'll guarantee it. And you'll get a, a pretty good shot against Ray. Uh, yeah, I'll stand, I'll, I was going to say I'm going to spend a story point to make sure it happens. All right. And also because I hate myself, I'm going to roll to see how well I would have done. Okay. Oh, see? You would have panicked. I would have. Roll, roll a 1d6 and we'll see how bad it would have been. There's a panic button I've been meaning to try. Oh. See, you would have had a full, a full freeze and then it would have turned around and seen you. Uh, well, that's six. That's three plus three. Yeah, but if it was a panic, you would add one stress to make it four plus four plus six to get oh, to ten. Nervous twitch. No, it'd be three plus four. Your panic roll was six. One d six plus three. Oh no 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 no, no no no! You're right. You're right. You're right. 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 Okay, I'm I'm reading that wrong. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. So yes, you would have had a second nervous twitch. Uh, but you spent a story point. Story point means success. So as you watch this thing drop in slow motion. You thumb the hammer back on your revolver and you aim and fire and the 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 echo of the gunshot uh reaches Rico and Dave as they're they're going away. And it hits the lighter and the lighter sparks and it immediately the flames immediately catch and you see this flame billow out along the bottom and <clears throat> excuse me like the the creature immediately catches fire like you you hear the screams of triumph and chewing and all the alien noise it's making turns to one of pain and fear and the the flames start licking at the bottom of the plane and you can see that they're starting to travel the distance towards that fuel line. This thing is on fire. And you know, against all odds, you, you've never dealt with planes. You don't know the machines as well as Chris did. You don't know how this thing flies like Raymond did. But you do know that when flame gets to a tank, it's probably going to explode. You don't have a lot of time before you're caught in that blast. Uh look for com- some cover you can you can roll through into the shed or you can go for that window 
or you can just try and book it and hope you can outrun the fireball. Make sure to jump into the air as the fireball comes so that it carries you. <laughs> yeah, the damage boost. Um, I think the shed. Well, which, hey. which way is, did everyone else, like, which direction would be more towards where Dave and Rico went? Uh, so if in my mind's eye because the listeners can't see the map and neither can you because i don't have one but in my mind's eye the the spaceport has this main thoroughfare which has up towards administration and it's got a, a secondary path a smaller one that goes towards the medical building and the tool shed is next to the tarmac of course and then further up and along the thoroughfare, which Rico and Dave took, is that that house with the shutter that you can see. And the the creature that was Raymond is on the side of the road, the same as the building, but it's down by the ship. And the ship, of course, is on the landing pad and it's about to catch. So in a roundabout way of answering your question, the house with the shutter would be closer to the direction that they went okay and, and the tool shed has a bigger window right gibbs is supposed to be a distraction he doesn't know what this thing is so he doesn't want to lead it towards them so he's going to go to the tool shed okay um so i'm not going to require a roll for this because it's a big window and i doubt there's going to be at any point where you freeze because you know what's coming. So you roll, you you dive through this window and there's glass that shatters and you hit the, the ground. And Rico and Dave, you hear and you feel the blast as this plane explodes. Like there's this giant gout of flame. You can feel the heat on the back of your neck. There's just this thunderous explosion and even like your hair whiffs forward with the, the force of the blast. Gibbs, um, the tool shed is sturdy. A lot of these buildings have to be, especially when it's right next to the when it's right next to the landing pad. The flame still gouts into the into the tool shed from the window that you you jumped into. Uh, the building shakes, the the storage racks shake as well. There's a uh, a set of milk crates uh, that has a, a pair of overalls on the floor next to them. They fall over, and this silvery urn falls out. It con you know it conks on the ground. It makes this hollow dunk, and then it starts to roll around. And you can see the seam where the top joins to the um, to the the base of it, and it seems nice and tight. Um, roll me a stamina. One success, but no panic. That's good. So um, you are going to weather the storm. I say you will take one point of health damage. Okay. Um, and that's going to represent the scrapes and bruises that you're going to get through, you know, basically surviving a plane exploding. They make him more attractive. Should he survive? All right. Once things have settled down a bit, 
Gibbs is going to pop back up, pistol at the ready, aiming for where the thing used to be. Unless he sees it. Uh, Roll um, an observation. Two successes and a panic. Well, let's resolve that panic. Oh, a six. Okay, so you pop up your your pistol is at the ready, and you know this thing was one on fire, two right next to an exploding plane. So it has to be, it has to be dead. And as the smoke starts to clear, your ears ringing from the force of the explosion, your gun at the ready, your sight unsteady. Through the flames, you see something. It's not Krissa. It's not what Ray had turned into. Instead of this silvery, bulbous head, six foot six terror of metal, this head is elongated. It looks like it's made of chitin. It's got dripping teeth. It's, if it stood upright, it is probably just as tall as Ray was, if not taller. And it has this bony, whip-like tail that stretches out another six feet, providing it balance. It skitters almost along the ground, but once it reaches the edge of the, the, the flames where the fuel was, it starts to rise as if it's looking. It's, it's surveying the damage. And its mouth opens and it hisses as it surveys the damage. And then you see a second one. And then you see a third. Gibbs ducks back down, looks at his pistol. I'm going to need a bigger gun. Nice. Dave and Rico. There's been an explosion. You have felt the heat. You have felt the force. What do you do? I want to know if this child has woken up yet. I mean, like. This kid is up. He's, 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 He's starting to come around. While Rico takes care of the kid, I have turned to look to where the explosion came from and readied my gun in that direction. So you see in that direction, there is a blooming cloud of smoke that is rising. Uh, You can see uh, the wreck of the plane. And as you are looking, you will see a, a shutter in one of the houses start to rise and you see it rising by the assistance of this black chitinous claw that almost delicately reaches under the shutter and lifts up. And as you see the shutter lock into place, you see teeth and a black elongated skull as something leans out of the window, both hands against the sill as it leans out and then reaches forward to touch the ground as it crawls through this window. And it is long. It is tall. It's got this bony tail. It's, it looks like it's, it's made of darkness. And it's, it moves like it is a whip. It, it, it is all spine, but moves as if it has no spine. Does it seem like it has seen me or us? It does not seem like it has seen you yet. 
I just tap on Rico and just, just go, go, go. We gotta go. You don't need to tell me twice. I'm I'm going. I have to save this child. I can't save the rest of my friends. So uh, you're trucking, and speaking of trucking, you know that the medical center did have vehicles nearby. You don't know how how well they work, but you know they are there. Or is there another direction you would rather go? Wherever the closest vehicle that is not back in that direction is. So from your time at Sunshine, you have known that there is no... There were no vehicles at the tarmac other than yours. You didn't see anything at administration. You did see vehicles at medical. So that would be the direction you go. Right back there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the the kid is starting to wake up, and he says, "What what's going on? Where am I?" Uh, uh, you. They pulled you out of the fridge. There's monsters everywhere. Did what do you what do you know? Did where, did they come with you? Oh, oh God, no, not, not, not again, not them again. No, I was, I was, I was safe. I was in the fridge. Oh God, it's, it's, we have to go. Nothing you didn't already know. Does this kid look like he's going to be hysterical? Um, maybe a little bit. He's, he's definitely freaking out. It's like he had, you know, six or seven stress from last year and they never went away. That's a long time to stay stressed. Uh, it is. Spent an eternity in that refrigerator. Yeah, so I will uh, I will keep an eye on him. If he starts to get detrimental to the plan here, uh, I will take methods to make sure that he is quiet. Okay. But, but then it straight to the vehicle. Straight to the vehicle. All right, then I will need... Stamina rolls from the both of you. Okay. And I haven't really been working out. Okay. Uh, I'm. You've had <laughs> other things on your mind. Uh, Dave McDonald. That's a that's a panic. Nah. 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 My talent is the long haul. I've seen it and done it all before. Nothing surprises you anymore. Once per act in cinematic play. Once per game session. You can ignore all panic from a single roll. So I'm just going to not worry about that one. Okay. Done and done. So Dave is, is able to truck it. And as he is overtaking Rico, he has his gun at the ready. And you can hear as you're, as you're running along, it's to your left. It's it's further into the throng of of residential houses towards that towards that bar you know is there but haven't been to in ages. You hear uh, something that is akin to like this screeching, like nails on a chalkboard, but those nails are made of metal, and the chalkboard is actually like metal siding, and. It, you hear it in one house, and then you hear it in a second, and then you hear it in a third. And it's like this wave that just of, of, of sound that, that crashes over you, and it starts from, from where the explosion happened, and it is just flowing towards you as something in all of these buildings is starting to wake up. It knows something is here. 
it knows that it's getting dark and it knows there are interlopers and it wants them do it does they know that it's you you don't know but that fear is giving you wings so it is not going to take you any time to get to the uh to the medical center where the vehicles are rico is going to be tired so there is going to be a little bit of stress from that take one stress but you see there are a number of trucks that could take they're basically like flatbeds so there's two to three in the in the um operator bay and then you can go on the on the flatbed itself there is uh give me a yeah give me an observation roll both of you um tom if you want if you want uh fan to make an observation roll he can too sure i didn't realize he woke up sorry yeah he woke up as you were away so i kind of panicking a little bit for obvious reasons they're good reasons oh um does he still have six stress yes he does okay okay so i have two panic rolls to make uh rico will need a panic roll so add one stress and (laughs) wow it's a concert okay so uh I'll go with the success of first and then I'll roll into yours. Dave McDonald, you see that there are these vehicles there, but then you, you, you look right. And then further down the way um, towards like the, the far edge of the medical building, you see a larger tire, like the shadow of it in the fading sunlight. And you know, that larger tire means that it is like one of the large tractors one of the big transports that they use to do all of the all of the harvesting and the grain storage those things are huge they they will go forever the interiors are armored so it's probably not going to get something in there and they're almost impossible to stop running sounds like the perfect thing i need so and then as you do that you hear from the from the medical center itself you hear uh, this a similar screeching as you're hearing behind you, and then something bursts through the front doors, the doors that you've been in and out of all day. And the, the kid and Rico in unison scream. And this means that they freeze, not scream, they freeze. Scream is 12, freeze is 10. Um, so everybody's panic, uh, stress goes up by one. Does it go this, up by one or does everybody go up by one per? We're just going to do up by one. Oh, how benevolent of you. Uh, yeah, I know. Cause this thing that comes through the door is the same thing that you saw on the security guard. It's got eight knuckly fingers and a long tail. And it looks like a hand that's perfectly designed to fit around somebody's head. And it is skittering towards you three at speed. So Van and Rico are currently frozen, but Dave has an opportunity. It comes down to me. 
It does. Bang, bang. Roll. Fuck. And that is a panic roll. So, so you can't push the roll. I know. I was just counting how many dice I rolled with zero successes and only a singular panic. Uh-huh. Got an eight, though, on my panic roll. Okay, that's going to be a tremble. So you um, you take aim, and it's starting to get to you, and your hand is shaking. And it's shaking so much that when you fire, the shot misses. Hooray. Yay! Okay, and... Okay, so uh, I'm going to roll a 1d... I'm going to roll a 1d6. Uh, one and two is going to be Dave. Three and four is going to be Rico. Five and six is going to be Van. And then once it has its target, I will roll a d6, and we're going to see what it does. Uh, is Van still in the wheelchair? Yes, Van is still in the wheelchair. And as soon as you are unfrozen, Van can do whatever he likes. Okay, it is going to be going after Dave. Okay, it is going to... Uh, this face hugger, this, this creature, it darts forward and then it leaps at Dave. Its tail whips around and it wraps around Dave's arms. He cannot use his gun. And as it whips around, now the, the, the face, the, the, the knuckles grab against his chest and start trying to move up. Uh, Dave, I need you to make a panic roll. Where was that button you said exists for panic rolls? It's at the top uh, where it says roll buttons on the left. Right above close combat. Okay, that's scream. Haven't seen everything now, have you? So you're screaming. Um, Your stress level will be decreased by one. Hooray. Uh, Rico and Van, I need you to make panic rolls. Okay, interesting. Uh, okay, Rico, you freeze again. Uh, your stress level will go up by one. Van, you go berserk. You must immediately attack the nearest person or creature, friendly or not. You I'm see trying it. Trying to help you though. But I'm going to rule that the facehugger is closest. So help me. You can do one of two things. You can go for a close combat roll and try and rip this thing off and beat it to death. Or you can grab the gun and try to shoot it. Um, and there's nothing for him to pick up to use close combat? Just really just try and rip it off? Uh, he, would, he would try to rip it off um, unless you want to throw the wheelchair at it, which, hey, I'm cool with too. You want to, if you want to beat it to death with a, with a wheelchair... Go for it. No. I need this wheelchair, but not for me. Uh, no, just rip it off. Okay. Give me a close combat roll. Two successes and a stress. You are berserk, so the panic roll is not going to apply. Oh, so I don't gain. No, you are berserk. Um, berserk is one of those things where it's going to override everything until the target is dead. So yeah. and until it is dead or you are, you're not going to stop. 
So with two successes, your strength is what? Uh, four. Your strength is four. Excellent. And I'm going to cool. Wow. It's not going to matter. Okay, so this thing starts trying to crawl up this guy that you've just met. You've just woken up. You've gone from one nightmare to the next. And you snap. And you grab this thing. And through insane panic strength, you you just rip this tail and you just tug this tail and rip it off this guy's arms. Tell me how you kill this thing. Um, you said it has a tail, right? Yes. He has lots of experience swinging around a skateboard. So he's going to just grab it by the tail and like swing it around. Um, looking for like a pole or something he can hit it against. Or if there isn't, he's just going to bash it on the ground and then pick it up again and bash it again uh, repeatedly until it's... There is there is a light pole nearby, yeah. All right, so yeah, he's going to... Uh, if it's nearby, probably a few steps, he's going to take it, rip it off, um, smashing it against the ground, and then or against the... Take another run towards the uh, light post, smash it on that, probably let go and then just stomp on it. Screaming all the while. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rico and Dave, panic rolls again, please. You have witnessed a rampage. Freeze for third time, go Rico. I know, I just can't do anything <laughs> but stand there petrified. <laughs> uh, Eleven, Dave, you are going to seek cover. Find a safe spot. Sure. Okay. Uh, your stress will go down by one. Uh, Van and Rico, your stress will go up by one. But you have just watched this teenager beat this alien to death with his, with his bare hands. He just smashed this thing into the ground. And since now combat is over, I will allow you to react. Just get up gun first. Or no, I dropped my gun, didn't I? When I... You did. Uh, I get up. And I just kind of like, good job, kid. What the hell is going on? We're leaving. That's what's going on. I looked at the goat. Yeah, let, let's go. You can tell us the whole story on the ride. Where's my skateboard? Buy you a new one. Fine. Okay. I want to gingerly like try and help the child. I have like this instinct to assist, but. I just saw him murder this crazy alien thing in front of me. So not exactly sure how to do that. So just kind of like hovering and moving him without even touching him. If that makes sense, you know, like the let's go arms. Yes. Where are you? Let's going him to towards the trucks. Okay. Dave, you see they're moving towards the trucks and not towards that cool ass tractor that you spied. How much closer is one or the other closer or the trucks would be closer. Yes. Like significantly closer. Uh, in terms of significance, it'd take you like an extra 30 seconds to get over to the tractor. Okay. Uh, I'll point out the big ass tractor. Look, no, there's a industrial tractor right over there. Those should, 
those things are tanks. Yes, slow like a tank. We got to get out of here quickly. Just gonna check my uh, my secret agenda here. Uh, I'm gonna do the dumb thing, and I'm gonna go with them to the the weak, fragile car. Okay. Okay. So the truck is intact. Uh, the the driver bay is empty. There's nothing in it. There's nothing on it. It looks like somebody just rolled this thing up. Uh, I won't need an observation roll for this. You can see that on the flatbed, there are what looks to be like uh, corrosion patches, like uh, like acid was dripped on it at one point, and there are a couple of uh, like claw marks on the metal. Before opening any doors, I'll turn to the other two and be like. You sure you want to take this one? And I point with my gun towards the very visible damage. They can tear through a shuttle. This thing is faster. Faster than a tank. All right. Uh, I take a couple steps back and hold my gun pointed at the door and motion for Rico to open it while I got my gun trained on it. They're probably faster than this truck. You know, kid, you were helping, but you're not helping anymore. I reach up and open the door. The The bay is empty. There's nothing in there. You are okay to get inside. I scramble up and in, but not into the driver's seat, because I don't think I know how to drive these things. You have no piloting? So no, no piloting. I don't think so. Does Van have piloting? Van sure does. Oh, boy. Right. Do you guys know how to drive this thing? Uh, right is go, left is oh shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, but... Uh, do we have the keys? Let's start checking the uh, sun visors. Nice. Uh, I like it. Alright, I'm gonna roll 1d6. You tell me high or low. Hi! Hi it is! The keys flop into your hand as you check the visor. I toss the keys to McDonald. I turn around to get them in my face because I'm still holding my gun and watching the back. Like, ah, fucking giving the kid the opportunity to pick them up off the ground. Uh, Yeah, Van will pick up the keys and go like, I can't shoot worth from a save my life. So um, you guys shoot, I drive. I, I'm the shit that I've seen today. Good enough for me. Fast. Drive fast. Let's safe. Let's not crash into a pit or something out there. And then I give him general where are we home is west out of town or something. So just west. Home home is west. Yes. A, a question as the truck roars to life. Are you going back for Gibbs? Once the truck is on and is able to move, I will radio Gibbs. I did not want to radio him earlier because I did not know what was going on. And I didn't want to be the one to disrupt uh, a stealth mission or something that he was on. But now that it's get the fuck out time, I got to take the, the risk. So Gibbs is sneaking his way towards the armory. 
It's pretty stressful, so go ahead and give me a, a mobility roll. Nice. So you're able to quietly get to the armory. The door does respond to your access as a colonial marshal, and you're able to sneak inside. Perfect. All right. Uh, shotgun. Okay. And is there like a rifle with a strap? Or Yes. So this, uh, there are uh, three M4 A1 pulse rifles. Uh, each has two reloads. There are a number of shotguns there. There's probably four shotguns. Each of them have two full reloads as well. Uh, they are pump-action shotguns. There are a number of number of pistols. There is a uh, number of stun batons. And like I said, there is riot armor. All right. Gibbs can't carry too much. He's going to take a shotgun and a rifle, assuming one of them has a strap. Yes. Okay. Thinking that rifles for when they're far away, and if they jump on our vehicle, we can shotgun it. Okay, so you are stuffing your pockets full of mags when your radio crackles to life. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, what does Dave say? Oh, Burger Buddy, this is Big Mac. Where are you at? Uh, I'm at the armory loading up. All right, we got, we got transport. We got the kid awake. Uh, we need to do a pickup. Get the get the hell out. Uh, the, the tarmac is full of baddies. Um, do you want to circle around perhaps? And I'll go out the other edge, other edge. If that's possible. Just going through is probably not safe. Is anybody looking out? Well, by anybody, I mean, Gibbs, are you looking outside while you're saying this? Oh, he just remembered seeing a bunch of. Right. Um, no, probably not. He's probably wouldn't leave the armory. Yeah, that's fine. Until he knows they're there because, um, it's a locked door. Right. Locked doors are important. So, uh, from the truck, you won't need an observation rule to see it because there's no interest in being sneaky anymore. You can see from the direction of the armory and, and the you know, administration building where, where Gibbs was able to sneak to, there is a number of black figures that are approaching rapidly. They don't look like they could reach you know, 60 miles an hour or anything or however fast this truck will go. Um, for a long period of time, but they're moving at a decent clip, and there are many of them. There's six, seven, eight. Um, it's like this um, rustling, I guess, as, as kind of like they're filtering in like rats would going in a singular direction, coming from like the alleyways and stuff. And they can hear the truck revving. And they are very interested in what's inside. Well, Van has just floored it and like fishtailed out of the. He's off. 
Yeah. Excellent. But what do you mean we're supposed to pick someone up? You told me to go west. Yeah, Dave. Rico. Where is he? Armory. Head With there. Big guns. We can't leave him behind. We need him. Uh, cool. Where's the armory? And if you tell me back where those black things are, uh, no. There's another can route we, we can get around. Circle though. around, yeah. Can we do the circle around from the west and then back? So, in order to get there, yeah, you can hit the edge of town, cut through the fields alongside the edges of the colony, come back around to the uh, smoldering wreck of your plane, and then head back up the main thoroughfare to get to the armory. It can be done. I would need uh, piloting rolls, and you are probably going to have to start shooting some of the stuff as if it gets close. Can I just make yes. an empathy roll and Van just saying no? If you fails? Yes, you can make an empathy roll, and if you get no successes, then you floor it and you head out. Does that That's success count? That's a pair of panic rolls. Um, fill the panic roll. Let's see what he does. I'm at 10 stress, by the way. You are at 10 stress. Berserk. They are telling you that you have to turn and go back into that hell that you've been trying to escape forever. Uh, I'm going to roll 1d6. Uh, 1 through 3 is Dave. 4, 5, and 6 is Rico. Uh, you were going to start attacking Rico in a berserk rage. Uh, hmm. All right. I'm not going back in there. And like, first he pushes her away. Um, and if she speaks up again, he's just going to like, start like swinging, swinging, but he also needs to keep driving because that's also more important. Sure. Because it's kind of like one hand swatting and hitting and, uh, you know, don't tell me what to do. I'm, we need to get out of here. I don't care about that guy. Actually. Yeah, that's fine. So in, in this case, you have a hand on the wheel. You will not need a piloting roll to keep it straight. If you start taking hits, that will be different. But for the time being, uh, we don't need a panic roll. I would defend myself, and because I am an officer, uh, I'm going to uh, try and attempt to order him to follow my orders. You know, just like I told you, you are to pick him up. We need to get him no man left behind. Hmm. The... So that is going to be empathy plus command. And see if I can find the page for it. Yeah, so do I just hit my empath empathy or command or uh yeah, just hit your command button. And I have influence, 
which says, with rank comes certain privileges. Being obeyed is one of them. You can push any skill roll based on empathy twice, not just once like other characters. Each push, push increases your skill stress level, I'm sorry, by one. Right. Um, Basically, this child is listening to me. It's going to happen. Right. Okay, you have rolled a panic die. So we will have to do the the panic thing. So increase my stress and then panic? Yes. 15 is... Catatonic. Catatonic. So can I have some input on this? Yes, you can. Okay. Being told what to do. Um, Van is going to hit the brakes, pull the emergency brake, and come to a complete stop. Get up and say, really? Then you drive. And then, like, push Rico as, like, hard as he can. And does she, like, hit her head or something and just kind of goes catatonic because some sort of injury or because he broke braked so hard she hit her head uh i'll leave it to rico you are going to be catatonic which way would you want to go i like the idea that he was so pissed he slammed on the brakes and i walloped my noodle that bad okay noodle is walloped it will be very likely that you are unable to interact until your panic goes down or something else happens. So Dave and Donovan. Dave, what are you doing? Well, I just rolled an empathy roll, which gave me three panics and no successes. So I'm going to find out what my panic does real quick. Yeah. Nine. Uh, Okay. So because it's under 10, Mm -hmm. The 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 thing you wanted to do with the roll will still happen. However, cool. a nine is you've dropped the item. Mm. So if you are going to shoot somebody, you cannot because you have dropped your weapon. I I was definitely going to perform violence on somebody uh, with the hard breaking causing me to drop the gun. I'm just going to reach from what I imagine is. Uh, like the back bench seat in a pickup truck uh-huh. around and start choking out this child. Uh, all right. So give me a <laughs> close combat roll. Oh my God. Oh, good. Oh, did I have to boost my, my panic? Yes. For... Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I get to boost my panic again. Yeah. And I, and nine. I again. I don't believe you have. What did you even have? In my hand? On your person? Uh, nothing of of use. I have some hydration. Some yeah. liquor is like my uh my inventory items, but so yeah, you maybe the gun, the pistol gets kicked out of the car. Yeah, yeah, the pistol is kicked out of the car. You are at a stop. Uh, but you did get one success on throttling this kid. Mm. Do I get a defense roll at all on that? Or? Sure. Defend. You can defend that. 
I have the dodge ability, which lets me use agility plus mobility. Go for it. That bleh. But you have also panicked. I mean... I'm at it's... 10. Do I just roll, or...? Yeah, just roll. Uh, you scream. Okay, yeah. This dude's trying to kill you. You're screaming. This car is not moving. This is um, how everybody dies. Uh, so he screams. Do I need to roll a panic when he screams? Yes. Well, it right. says every friendly character. Are we friendly okay. right now? No, no, you're no longer friendly. No, okay. Cool. So I will not roll that panic. Yeah, you don't have to roll that panic. Okay, so uh, your 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 hands are closing around his throat from behind. Donovan, I will give you an action. Um, so dodge means I can't fight back at all. Um, okay. Just to avoid the attack. Right. So he's going to get out of the choke, unbuckle his seatbelt that he would have put on, and jump back. Like, was Rico in the back seat? I guess, or I'm not... That was what I was thinking. Yeah. Um... Is Rico in the back seat or the front? Oh, I'm sorry, not Rico. My, it's thinking of me. Yeah, Dave. I would have been in the front because I walloped my noodle member. Right, right. Um, so then, yeah, uh, Van's gonna try and pick up because Rico had a gun. He would have seen that. Right. He's gonna try and pick it up off of her. Okay, I will. I will allow that. You have a gun in your possession. Uh, that feels like all I could get from a dodge, though. Okay. Uh, Dave, this is your last action before the Xenomorphs catch up to the stopped car. This sucks. <laughs> uh, um, for you. I would like... Is this a manual or automatic transmission? Uh, this is the distance space feature. Everything is automatic transmission. Cool. I would like to be more or less halfway over the the seat into the front seat kind of like riding in between and pushing the kid in such a way that his feet go down onto the the gas pedals while trying to hit the shifter to go from park into drive to just kind of floor it out of here in this situation or at least get us you know another round or something okay so donovan what do you want to defend against this action? Um, it looks like he's trying to attack me. Correct. Because he just did try to attack me. Also correct. Um, I, I, I guess just kind of, I don't know. I mean, I can make it easy for you because I have a, a story point. Oh, please use it because I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll be, be happy to use that to get us out of here a little bit. All right. So with your story point, uh, Dave lunges over the seat and he sees that this kid has grabbed Rico's gun as he shoves this kid into the wheel well and the knee just <clears throat> impacts the, the, the gas pedal and you hear the the engine red line and Dave 
grabs the the shifter and smacks it into drive and the truck shudders and the wheels break loose and you can hear it screeching against the uh against the dirt as the truck lurches into motion again in the direction that it was going to the west because it had not been turned yet and you're you're moving again and the speed is picking up as fast as this truck will go and the way y'all are set up the only way this is stopping is through violent impact unless things change in the bay a second question do any of you have a radio transmitting i mean it would be quite poetic if my jury rigged leaning around the the chair and the bench seat here would would push my broadcast button okay i want to make sure gibbs hears this we're not going back so you're moving again you have some time dave is gone are you gonna shoot me well sounds of struggling for a moment as he briefly considers that question but then remembers that he got a panic on his empathy role when he thought about performing violence. Uh, no, I'm not going to shoot you. Just we got to go. We got to get. We got to pick up Gibbs, and we got to get out of here. I'm not going back. Tell your Gibbs friend. I mean, there's two of us. One of him. Should it be two of us? All three of us dying, or just one of us? Because we can't get back in there. Plus, maybe he can hide. I don't know. He's hearing that, so I don't know if Gibbs is going to say anything. Yeah? Is Gibbs going to say anything? Gibbs, um... I don't know. Let me think. Gibbs? Gibbs will... contemplate. He'll go over his radio and say, Look, I'm behind a locked door with a crap ton of ammo. I'll give them a fight if they break in. And you said two? Where's where's Rico? Dave stops fighting with the kid. Because now it sounds like Dave wants them to leave too. And now it's all kind of my buddy. Rico's here. Yeah, womp womp. Um, Rico's right here. They're unconscious for the moment. <sighs> All right. I knew being a distraction meant I likely wasn't getting out. Say la vie. Enjoy that burger. Gibbs, no. We can get you. Look, when I took a look, there was five at least of those things. All right. They seem to go away at night, daytime. Drive back in the day. I'll keep my radio on for then. I know when the daylight is. There's no windows in here. Can everybody say in this situation? The kid? Yeah. No, he just shrugs and keeps driving. Who? Are we equal rankers? One of us outranking the other. Gibbs would be the, um, in terms of rank, it would be Rico, then Gibbs, then you. He waits for a moment and then just, I'll, I'll note this down as an order, Gibbs. All right. Guess it's time to move some of these shelves in front of that door. 
See you in the morning. See you, burger buddy. <sighs> See you. And for Big Mac. And I think that's where we'll close for this year in the ruined colony town of Sunshine. Flatbed truck speeds away with a kid, a roughneck, and a comatose officer fleeing back towards a Marshall station that they don't even know might be there anymore. Inside the armory, there's a Marshall surrounded by guns, the door blocked, back to the wall, waiting for the first chitinous mass to try and squeeze its way through. And this is a scene that may not be repeated exactly all across this colony, but it's repeated. And as the truck passes the boundary of sunshine, a light appears on the communications tower as it sends a message back to landing and perhaps beyond. It's a message of general distress. The administrator has been killed. There are no life signs remaining within the town. Please send assistance. And it's the same message from town to town to town, all within the designs of Weyland yutani and whatever experiment they're performing on this planet. But there is one more direction it goes, and that is into orbit, and then further out of the system, where perhaps the colonial marines might hear it. And until then, this is H.R. Geiger Counter with my four survivors, one of which has now survived two sessions, signing off. Ta-da! Okay, I'm going to kill recording here, and we will probably have to do an after action later, because it's already late. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can't so. believe you let that little punk survive. <laughs> he was driving the car. If I had shot him.